0: Welcome to the Keegan Smith Podcast. Choose what you give your life to or have it stolen from you. My mission is to rewire for power. We've all been gifted massive potential. This podcast is about unwrapping that gift. What if you could? Potentiating wellness, abundance, and movement. Today's podcast is made possible thanks to Prove It Ketones. I got onto Prove It Ketones through Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss, and I'm glad that I did. I was following the ketogenic diet and uh, adding the ketones to what I was doing definitely improved my training, improved my recovery. Research keeps getting bigger, better, wider. So many benefits uh, to this product, and the amazing stories that I've heard from people all over the world who've completely transformed their bodies and their lives with this product. Makes it a pretty amazing thing to offer. So if you want some, reach out realmovement.proveitnow.com or message me, and I will connect you up with a set. Hey there, guys and girls! Today we're going to be talking about digestive health. Okay, massive topical uh, issue. Something that there's more and more books being published around. Saying there's a lot of. Um, Myths and misconceptions around, and uh, certainly something that's uh, close to home. Uh, Lots of family history of issues around ulcerative colitis, IBS, you know, all of those sorts of things, and, and other. Uh, nasties in the gut and uh my personal experience is that i didn't really think i had any gut issues up until the age of about 16 where i started to take some supplements i was on a long course of antibiotics uh for a skin issue which was probably related to the same um, supplements and dairy intolerance um and hormonal changes and such, and at the same time it was probably when I started to drink not too long after that, um, alcohol, binge drinking, uh, started to have some financial freedom and some um, you know, possibility to go and uh, feed myself at Burger King and Subway and those uh, horrific places that are doing all sorts of damage to society, and yes, I would place Subway in the same category as McDonald's and Burger King. Um, Yeah, so that's when my digestive issues started. I went to a naturopath around that time. She gave me some fish oils, some chlorophyll, some clay, um, and it was actually a lot of the stuff that that I really did need at that time. And um, yeah, I had some improvement with that, but I didn't really learn about the changes I needed to make in my diet. She wasn't so much into it. Job better. The other ones were perform your job better and teach someone else to do what you do. Like they were his three things: get healthier, teach someone else to do what you do, and perform your job better. So that's. Um, I think it's pretty good advice for life. Uh, there was a few other axioms and things that that he had that the guy shared, which is pretty cool. Out at some uh, country club out the back of Gold Coast somewhere, it was cool for those guys. They were over from America. They'd got million dollar businesses in the ketone industry. Um, yeah, they're spreading a the message about an amazing product. You know, Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss did a lot of the work for us in a lot of ways. Like so many people, just uh, dying to, or literally dying, this. You know, but so many people that really want to get their hands on this stuff, and they, you know, just, just uh, haven't sort of come across it or heard, of, you know, had it presented to them in a way. So. Uh, Yeah, really, really cool, and that is definitely part of the picture as far as this digestive stuff goes. For a lot of people who have had gut issues, they've found that supplementing with exogenous ketones uh, has been uh, really supportive and helpful. Uh, I had that same experience as well, Um, but that's not too much of what I'm going to talk about today. Um, Some of the approaches, okay, so the gut isn't working well. If you're one of these people and you you really wish your gut was better than it is right now, Um, One of the resources that I highly recommend and that I've recommended to a lot of people is Natasha Campbell McBride's uh, work on the GAPS diet. So GAPS stands for Gut and Psychology Syndrome, the GAPS diet from Natasha Campbell McBride. Um, You'll find some podcasts and and things with her. She's not um, an amazing, like English is a second language, so uh, Things don't always come across super, super clear, but she's super passionate. And um, <clears throat> yeah, her book basically goes back and, and strips it back to just having broth um, as your base and then <clears throat> gradually add some other foods back in. And And I think that that is a, a really good way to go. And most kind of naturopathic or nutritional approaches to improving gut health will ha- involve some kind of elimination diet. So where you, you strip back to... Not too many foods, and then you gradually add stuff back in, and you try and figure out which are the offenders. Um, and you know that approach is kind of works well, but the yeah, like to, for me, it was always too tedious, and I probably didn't have the discipline for it. But through the carnivore diet, I think that is the ultimate approach to to strip it back. Like if you do have gut issues, um, yeah, for me, like that was just a really, really simple way to sort of go, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not intolerant to meat. No one's really intolerant to meat uh, unless, you know, you have serious leaky gut and then you probably just need to more so focus on fasting, um, gelatin, that sort of stuff. But even still, I think that you're probably going to do well. Um, Initially, I had like skin rashes and kind of weird stuff, but my gut uh, felt great from the start, and you know, I knew that. Yeah, my gut was just calm, and it's just been calm, you know, since then. Um, even adding in some dairy because dairy kind of fits into the carnivore diet because it's it's basically a diet based around uh, animal products. So you can have butter, and you know, some of the some of the guys have milk and stuff. Mostly they don't because most of them are like keto sort of carnivore approach, um, but. I, I think that is the simplest way to do an elimination diet. Like, that's really, um, where, where it's at for me. Like if you can just strip it back to that and then if, if you don't really want meat and fat, then you're not really hungry. Like, and I, I know like if you're a vegan, then you're thinking, well, I never eat that. But yeah, basically if you've got gut issues, then this is the approach that, that I recommend. Um, Getting uh, the other thing that, that makes a huge difference there is uh, gelatin. Okay, gelatin. I've spoken about it with uh, Paul Anderson, and there's actually some books there on Kindle that pull out research from up to a hundred years ago, more than a hundred years ago, where they were recommending gelatin. Uh, just taking my shirt off, it's steamy as hell in here. Uh, they're recommending gelatin for babies, uh, so they would give. Gelatin together with milk, even together with breast milk for babies that were having trouble with digesting milk. I don't know if that's still something that's being done. Now, a lot of products pride themselves on saying there's no gelatin in there, um, but actually, you, you probably would be much better off if there was. And even like your gummy lollies and all that stuff, they all started as gelatin. So they started as something that was actually partially healthful. Um, now, if they're just sort of synthetic, you know, gum stuff, other materials you're losing that benefit but you're still getting the damage of the sugar so uh, it's yeah it's not going in a good direction but highly recommend uh, incorporating more gelatin collagen broth um, you yeah, that those substances are well proven to improve the the tightness of the gap junction so in the gut without getting into too much detail if you think of your gut like a hose uh Basically, it should have like shag carpet lining on the inside. So like a real fruff, fluffy kind of uh, rug or fluffy kind of carpet. That's what it should look like on the inside. If that is not there, and basically it disappears through inflammation where there's like so much inflammation that all the all the sort of wrinkles are being pushed out um, and it becomes smooth like a hose, well, then you, d- you lose all the surface area for absorbing stuff. So if you think about the absorbency of shag carpet versus you know, just a, a flat floor, or a, you know, the inside of a hose. You know that there's going to be a lot less surface area to absorb stuff. So there are going to be neutral, re- nutrient deficiencies if there's inflammation in the gut, um, and leaky gut then is when there's starts to be holes uh, in between. Okay, so like there's, um, yeah, particles that are food particles that are irritating things, or just you know sores that are being generated by unhealthy, unhappy tissues in there and then things can get directly into the bloodstream um, from the intestine. So uh, actually any food that you ingest is still exterior to the body, right? You need to, this is an important concept to understand in this whole gut health issue. Just putting something in your mouth doesn't mean it's in your body. Now that sounds... first poo that they do um will have more meat in it and so they'll go and eat that it's it's kind of crazy when you look at it but you know everything is actually wanting to eat meat and even like chimpanzees will go nuts to you know eat monkeys um so you know the concept that we're we're apes and apes are herbivores like that's that's just definitely not true um even you know even the other ones will other you know primates will eat insects and such so I'm getting a little bit off topic, I will do one around uh vegetarianism and veganism at some stage because it's something i'm hugely passionate about and I think a lot of you know parents and kids and people are suffering needlessly because of an ideal and an ideology around food that's just not based in in science not based in evolution it's not based in human history um, yeah if if you check out on Google Trends, you will see that uh veganism is substantially more popular than keto, but if you think about how much you hear about vegan food, and vegan is like all over every menu, you know, vegan-friendly, all the health food shops, and like everyone has veganism shoved down their throat, whether it's by veganisms or all over every menu and such, uh, all over the world, especially the sort of Western world and trendy hippie places, veganism is like blasted at us, more or less, Keto, not so much. You know, it's it is something that some people have started to hear about, but definitely, you know, nowhere near to the same extent. You know, they're keto friendly um, Thrive Nutrition. Shout out to the the guys at Thrive Cafes, um, Josh Sparks and Jack May, uh, good friends of mine. They've helped me out with a bunch of stuff and had some some good fun together. They have some keto friendly uh, stuff on their menu, and uh, they supply some meals to F forty five and and you know. That sort of thing, and and so you, you can sort of see keto friendly stuff getting in somewhere, but that's really just because Josh is smart and um, Jack and and they've used you know the ketogenic diet uh, themselves. So what I'm saying here is, on Google Trends, the keto is less popular than veganism, but the keto revolution is uh, an untelevised revolution because. It will dramatically decrease health expenditure and uh, there's a lot of interests that don't want a dramatic decrease in health expenditure. Also, on a ketogenic diet, you can't eat most of what's in the supermarket because most of what's in the supermarket is high-carb, high-sugar, full of shit. Low nutrition. You just go around the outside. There aren't great profit margins on meat. There aren't great profit margins on eggs. Vegans will talk about the meat lobby power and the the egg lobby power, and they got nothing, nothing, nothing on the power of uh, the cereal companies because there's huge margins on processed foods. Okay, there's huge margins on sugar. There's you know I live in the in the land of sugar cane. You know all around I drive past every time I go to the gym. I drive past fields of sugar cane, um, and you know I'm not eating any of that. But someone is and, you know, there's a lot of money in that. If there wasn't a lot of money in it, then they wouldn't be covering the fields in it and they wouldn't be creating those monocultures. What they should have on there is cattle. What they should have on there is, you know, woodlands and areas where animals can actually live Um and, yeah, basically... Seeing the the rise of keto is on the back of people having revolutionary, life-changing experiences. And I know that a lot of people do have that initially with veganism. I basically think of it as a form of fasting. Okay, so for a lot of people, initially they'll feel better because it, it's like fasting. Um, you're also getting high quality water. I think there's there's something to that, like to um, biologically active water. You know, different people will talk about it different terms, but there does seem to be something, and there's quite a few good scientists who will tell you that the properties of water inside of living organisms are actually different to water that's outside. So I think there's, there's a few reasons why there can be an initial benefit. But there are still, you know, why why are there no vegan cultures? You know, it would have been much easier to just be purely uh, plant-based. You know, where I lived in the mountains, people talk about the Mayans and they they love their beans and tortillas. Well, what they love is meat and what they love is when they can afford to actually get some and when there's some around. And the more land they get, the more wealth they have, the more chickens they have, the more pigs they have, the more often they eat meat. Like that is the measure of wealth, of wealth in that area is is how much access to meat that they have. Um, so I am getting off topic. I need to go back to digestion. So I think that, yeah, for me, like if, if you're in dire straits or if, if I was in dire straits with digestion, if I ever go to a vegan diet for a period of time, probably will happen at some stage in the future. Um, and it's actually recommended by guys like Vince Gironda and, um, Charles Poliquin to do it, but just for a week, you know, just, uh, give your body a little bit of a break from, uh, a lot of meat, a lot of protein. I prefer just to fast. Uh, I think that is a better way to do it, and and that you know has been also an approach that's been used throughout the ages. I'm not completely plant free. Um, I'm definitely on a meat based diet, um, but I'm not uh, I'm not 100 carnivore in the way that someone would be a vegan, uh, where you say you know you completely avoid um, products that have any kind of Meat, also, I'm not completely avoiding any kind of products that have uh, plants, um, but I would definitely be uh, on a meat based diet in terms of 90, 95% of my calories coming from it. It's probably meat and berries. I actually don't, you know, berries aren't there to poison us, they're there to carry seeds and get eaten and then be delivered somewhere else so those plants can grow. So the berry is actually designed to be eaten, whereas you know, plants. Ninety-nine percent of plants, if we eat them, we'll get sick straight away. The one percent that we can eat, they still don't want to be eaten. They just can't run away, so they do have, you know, chemical warfare inside of their cells. Um, and that that chemical warfare, that chemistry you know, they, they they actually can release that and squeeze it into the leaves and stuff if they if they feel fear, if they know that they're going to be eaten. And you might think, oh, plants don't feel. Plants don't take action. They actually do. They definitely do. Um, if you look at um, Perception. Ooh, Clive Brewer, Clive Baxter, Clive Brewer, Clive Brewer is a strength and conditioning guy. He was head of the strength and conditioning for Super League when I was over there. Nice guy. Uh, Clive Baxter wrote a book about perception because he worked for the CIA and he was a lie detector expert. And one day, the lie detector was hooked up to a plant, and the plant we gave a response and so he spent the next 30 years testing oranges and um, all sorts of other plants in all sorts of controlled environments and you know with preset timers and you know yeah different cells sent all over the world and um, yeah it's pretty pretty cool stuff um so that that for me convinced me that plants definitely have feelings and consciousness too And you know, vegans don't like to hear that and they also say well because you're eating animals, you're eating more plants, so more plants are suffering because you have animals. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Eventually, it just gets to the point where it's like, what is best for us? What are we designed to do? And how can we then, you know, live on a healthy planet and support other people to live in the same way? You know, that's what it comes back to and comes down to for me. I tried vegetarianism, and I've spent a lot of time with vegetarians and vegans, and I can 100% tell you, like, I deeply believe and have seen from experience it's it's not a good path to go down um there may be you know there there are definitely the odd people you know the odd person who survives it okay for a while uh, but it's just, it's definitely not the solution for a race. It's definitely not the solution for people who have health troubles. It's not the solution for people who want to have healthy kids. It's not the solution for kids. Um, I feel, you know, really strongly about this. And obviously, it's something that draws a lot of hate and a lot of anger from people who feel like they've discovered the solution in a diet that humans have never consumed. Um, but it's, it, it's just the wrong path, you know. I wish it wasn't, but it is. Um, Man, I went back to that again, hey? So first I went to paleo diet because I had these gut issues. So I went to paleo diet and I had some improvement, just taking out a lot of the processed food. Um, But I still had some issues with reactive hyperglycemia, so blood sugar fluctuating up and down, something I've spoken about on other uh, podcasts. That probably meant that it was a lot harder for me to gain muscle. And when I did actually get to 84 kilos while I was living in France, I was taking like some mega doses of glycine and heaps of BCAAs and stuff. And I actually would have to go and lay down sometimes because I was having such big uh, fluctuations in blood sugar. I think I was going really low in terms of blood sugar and I didn't know what the hell was going on, but I knew I felt like crap. And that's when I started to test my blood sugar. And sometimes, yeah, I had readings of 140 or 150. And uh, if you know your numbers, that that's, that's not uh, a good place to be. Uh, they're sort of the American numbers, so... I'm um, still not amazing on those conversions, but definitely like in the pre diabetic range, uh, not not quite in the diabetic range, but some nasty readings. And I didn't really, really understand too much about it at the time. I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't really feel like ketogenic diet was doable at that time. Um, but uh, yeah, a couple of years later, I discovered ketogenic diet. Well, I already knew about it. I knew I'd read Anabolic Diet from Mario Di Pasquale. Uh, I read that while I was at Parramatta um, just when I was finishing off uni. I was working at at Parramatta um, Rugby League Football Club. I was probably 21 at the time. Um, So, yeah, at that time... Uh, I wasn't ready for it. I was eating beans on toast. I was eating two minute noodles. I was listening to the sports nutritionists. I was drinking Gatorades. I was having snakes in between. You know, like that's what sports nutritionists recommended, and most of them still recommend, uh, as horrific as that is. And and maybe one day they'll be prosecuted for their ignorance, but um, or maybe they'll just say sorry and and actually look at the research and actually start measuring some blood sugar levels and actually you know. Think about what built the warriors of the past. Were the Spartans eating that? You know, were the ancient Greeks eating that? What did the ancient Greeks eat? What foods did they value? Well, they they valued bulls' balls. <laughs> I don't know who's eating bulls' balls at the moment. Actually, I I, I will I'll tell you guys. This is uh, don't tell anyone, but uh, I am actually eating a testicular. E- extract at the moment it's it's called like Orchic something you just get it you get it from swanson it's not like something uh I'm over the counter or um it's not like something that i'm you know going and uh sneaking up on the bulls at night or anything but it's uh yeah it's basically vince vince geronda who i've spoken about quite a bit recently uh recommends them they're pretty cheap um and yeah, those glandular ac- extracts were huge in health and nutritional advice. And yeah, Chinese medicine is big on them. The Chinese population is, is big on uh, organ extracts. Um, so yeah, basically I'm, I'm eating testicles, but they're dried um, and yeah, they don't really taste like testicles. But the- <laughs> interestingly, the, uh, there's other there's other ones that I'm taking as well that are like mixed organs like thymus and stuff those ones are in capsules and powder but the testicle is actually like a big chunky hard um pellet you know like a like a tablet but it's it's not covered in uh like gelatin or you know it's not encapsulated uh, uh I probably shouldn't go any further with this story but uh yeah you yeah anyway so keto diet then was uh, something that I started to experiment with in Sydney and yeah, I had some reasonable results with it, but I didn't probably fully commit to it. I was still thinking that I needed to have carbs if I was going to add some muscle. So I didn't. I was a bit, you know, like I always felt a bit skinny and just didn't really want to get any skinnier. So I wasn't able to fully commit to ketogenic diet. I played around with it a bit more um, when I started getting the Dave Asprey stuff, and that we started having bulletproof coffees and all that sort of thing. But still, probably wasn't fully. Committed to it, um, had some time on it, some time off it, but yeah, probably never got to really feel the full benefits of it. But I'd say I was sort of low carb, paleo um, there for a while. And then I went full keto, and that was when I had, you know, one of the best periods of training in my life and, and yeah, got in the best shape. The picture for the Keegan Smith Experience podcast is uh, actually taken when I was, I'd been on keto for a fair while, and that was probably yes, like the best shape that I've been in. Those photos are from Austria, from Intelligent Strength, which is, in my opinion, the most uh, spectacular place in the world to train uh, as far as at least an indoor facility goes. It's uh, it's next level, amazing. Those guys are, uh, yeah, just next level. The owners of Intelligent Strength are changing the world. They're Leading educators in German, like they, they speak German in Austria, and they're traveling around educating a lot of people there. Um, they yeah they're doing amazing things. They have a facility full of really strong people, getting some amazing results. And <laughs> anyone listening to this, if you haven't seen their stuff, if you haven't seen the facility, then you just don't know what I'm talking about, and you think i oh, was just babbling about some gym. It's it's um when you see it, you will understand why. I- put such emotion and emphasis uh, on the gym that is intelligent strength and so that's kind of where I got to with with keto like I got lean I was training really consistently I was using the supplements all through that time the ketone salts as well like what I felt with that was just that my training quality was higher and I was able to maintain that um, yeah I did the 12week program the most popular one inside of the online training. Mm-hmm. Uh, portal that everyone sort of does it's got uh yeah like dutch bodybuilding and uh, it's got there's all funky names in there but they're, they're basically it's two two week blocks of training and, and over over 12 weeks and yeah that was some of the best training that i've done in my life and got me in the best shape of my life yeah. um and i yeah i like that at that stage i thought keto was really good and so i stopped doing it and then uh yeah, I started to get gut issues again. So last year, like, my gut wasn't amazing. Um, I kept doing lots of fasting. Fasting is amazing for the gut. The problem with it is that at some stage, you have to eat again. And then I was going back to, like, eating a bunch of nuts and stuff. So even though I was doing, like, keto, uh, I was still getting some gut issues sometimes. And I think it was mostly around, like, eating too many nuts. But also, I think it was the green veg. Like, as, as much as, you know, I'm, I'm hating on plants today, but it's, you know... They Hated on me like they were dragging my life down, so you know, no apologies to the plants. Like, I, I was better as soon as I took the plants out, and it was you know, it was the craziest thing. I heard the you know, if you want to hear more about it, like, check out the, the carnivore podcast. I probably repeated half of it today, but the carnivore uh, keto carnivore podcast is the most listened to one so far. But yeah, going on to that has been amazing for my gut. So, things like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or candida. These are things where there's there's too much sugar laying around. Like there's there's sugar laying in the digestive system and bacteria come and eat that. That's a feature, that's not a bug. The body doesn't make mistakes. The body does everything that it needs to do. Sometimes it, it's lacking nutrients and it's weak, so like a hip will need to be replaced or or whatever because that's systemic inflammation, you know, poor blood sugar control, lack of minerals, lack of hormones, you know, something is missing when when those things happen. Um but things like SIBO and Candida, like they're actually features. Those bugs are coming to eat the sugar that's laying around uh, inside the digestive system, inside the bloodstream. So if it wasn't there, then you get damage from the from the excessive blood sugar. So you, it's a sign that you're already pre-diabetic. As I spoke about um, in you know one of the previous episodes there, where I'm talking about the craft test and stuff like sensitivity of blood sugar like blood sugar isn't a good measure of whether you're pre-diabetic or not you need insulin assay which is almost impossible to get but if you're getting things like candida and SIBO then i would seriously consider the possibility that you have serious blood sugar issues Um, and you know if you look into the symptoms of reactive hypoglycemia um, that kind of stuff you, you probably realize that you're getting some of that and so you're also getting a lot of toxicity issues and burden on the liver and stuff You know from those kind of things so in my opinion like there's all sorts of gut diets out there, I think the elimination diet, going towards keto, uh, focusing on the meat initially and then gradually add other stuff back in if you want to, if you feel like you need to, if you want to have some veg in there, if you want to have some nuts in there I think once you've got it under control and you've been good for a while, like I have, like I have had some carb foods. I will confess. I ate a bucket of Haagen-Dazs a few days ago. That was like the first time I've had ice cream, hot Haagen-Dazs ice cream in years. I think France was the last time probably, Uh, but I actually have no issues on the back of it. So I think like once you get to a point of being really good, you could potentially add in a little bit more carb or whatever with with less issues, um, I don't plan on doing that regularly, but it's kind of good to know that I'm not as fragile and as sensitive to those foods as I once was. Um, so stop feeding that shit. Stop feeding the candida. Stop feeding the sibo. And you think, oh, all these candida diets and sibo diets? Like I look at it, and they're like so complicated. There's so many different foods there. Like I, yeah, don't just take my word for it. Like look it up. Basically, the people who've done keto and carnivore. They got to the point where it's like, nothing is working. I will try anything, even the most stupid, crazy diet. That's like the absolute opposite of what the government recommends and the opposite of what nutritionists recommend. Like, I'm just going to do it anyway because I, I, you know, I've tried everything else. I've listened to them and it didn't work. So let's try this. And that's pretty much everyone who's done that approach. And yep, you know, doing the opposite of what everyone else does. Sometimes the best. Okay. So that actually helped with muscle gain because I regained insulin sensitivity. So the cells then wanted to uptake amino acids. If you listen to yesterday's podcast, you know, you need your cells to actually want to bring amino acids, you know, in or be able to. So they need to be sensitive to insulin to do that. If your muscles aren't sensitive to insulin, then you cannot add your amino acids, you know, to them. So that's, you know, the type one diabetic scenario that I spoke about yesterday, super skinny. Um, type 1 diabetics before there was insulin would be super skinny because they were unable to get amino acids into the cells. So you need that insulin sensitivity to get aminos in. And when you're not putting carbs in, which I also spoke about from Mario de Pasquale, who remembers exactly what he said? If you listen to the podcast yesterday, so he, he said that don't eat carbs post workout. So you can use the ins- insulin sensitivity to shuttle amino acids and not shuttle carbs. So don't, you know, who cares about getting carbs back in the cell? What we want is to get new aminos into the cell. So the muscles, uh, those muscle cells will actually grow. Okay. So we need to look after that digestive tract. We should have probably started with this, but death begins in the gut. This is Eli Menshnikov. He was a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Um, he was a, you know, highly respected scientist and he said death begins in the gut. And he was basically paraphrasing one of the ancient Greeks. But we need baseline gut health. Okay. So, my experience, and this is something that I've lived through now for more than half my life. I'm 35. This stuff started when I was 16. It was on and off an issue up until 34. I haven't had any issues since my 35th birthday. I had periods where it was okay through through that time between sixteen and, and thirty four, but for a lot of the time, pretty much all the time, it's been a concern. It's been something I had to worry about whether my gut was going to bloat, how I was going to deal with this food. Has this got gluten in it? You know what do I, what am I? You know what can I avoid? What do I need to be avoiding? Sugar, you know, and uh, yeah, basically, life is better when the gut is settled and you know that your food is going to be fine for you. And yeah, since I've been using this approach, I've added at least four kilos of muscle. So it may not be the fastest way to add muscle. Bodybuilders will not recommend this approach because they're using insulin, they're supplementing hormones, you know, all that sort of stuff. Even some like natural bodybuilders and old time guys will recommend high carbohydrate and for optimal muscle growth. But if your health is suffering because of those carbohydrates, then that approach is not for you. And that's the lesson that I had to learn over and over and over again. I probably learned a few more times. But if, if you go into those high carbs and then you get bloating and stuff and then you can't eat because you just feel you feel really bad and then you can't train properly um, because you've messed up your digestive system, you know, then that diet is, is not for you. If you're able to train really consistently, your immune system functions well, your energy is good. Your libido is on point, then you've got a you've got a platform to train form, okay? So digestive system. I think we've nailed it for today. This one will change a lot of lives if you decide to share it with someone. So don't be afraid, put it up and, and say, Hey, there might be some stuff here for you if you've got some bad guts. Be be a, be an evangelist, be a lifesaver, be someone who makes a difference. People are going to be bombarded with all sorts of information today. Most of it's going to be shit. Most of it's going to be this person died and that building fell over and all that stuff. And it's not that it's not important. It's just that it's not helpful. It's not enhancing the lives of the people who are hearing that news. Okay, so we get the bad stuff. And then we might choose to watch some TV, crime, murder, mystery. Who's actually lived through a crime, murder, mystery? You might have once or twice. I don't think I have really, probably to some extent, but that stuff every day, that's not how the world is, but if you're soaking that into your subconscious, then that's how your world is. You need to be scared of people, crazy shit's going on everywhere. What about soaking up positive things? What about knowing health solutions? What about pulling out some of the references from today's podcast and using that to transform your health or someone who you love? That's what I think is a better path. I think there's there's plenty of need for it at the moment. So that's why I'm doing this thing. And I hope and, and, and pray that this is of service to, to you and to some people around you. This is what I love to do. I love to learn about this stuff. But rather than just teach it to a few coaches who want to pay me lots of money to teach them methods and education things that aren't being taught through mainstream education for whatever reasons mostly commercial some around other things but mostly it's it's money the reason why our education system isn't teaching us what we need to know to be able to live okay this is a this is an alternative this is a solution this is my proposal uh, to the world so I hope that you got something out of it, and um, yeah, I do appreciate all the messages that are coming in. Uh, lots of people reaching out saying that they're, they're enjoying the podcast and that they'd like me to continue. Uh, I've been criticized a little bit for taking so long to get started. Um, I'm sure there's people who feel that I'm waffling and they're not getting a ton of value out of it, but I dare say they're people who aren't applying stuff. Let me um, quickly check if there's some more reviews there i do definitely appreciate reviews uh i do have a bit of a hookup which might get me on the new and noteworthy list at some stage but i have to move my podcast from and i haven't done that yet um but yeah all your support is massively appreciated um it's usually getting about 400 or so listens a day um which is cool. I don't know really what's what's good and what's not. I'm pretty sure Tim Ferriss gets a few more than that but um, yeah, I'm just here to serve and if I can do that well, then happy days. you know things will continue to, to go forward and grow forward. 36 ratings on there now much appreciated. Let's see if I got any new ones. Mm. Anthony a he's checked in. Great information on the podcast, training, nutrition, psychology. Kiggs is very good at explaining things in a practical way and seeks out information and experiments and plays with it in the real world. Applied info. Broken down into 30, 40-minute chunks, which is perfect. That's from uh, Anthony Katruppi. Anthony was actually one of the first guys that came to one of my workshops. uh, That was uh, Strength Essentials back in the day before Real Movement Project, delivered together with the wonderful Corey Bocking. Uh, And Ruben Ruzica, I do believe, may have been at that one, who's now the speed coach at the Sydney Roosters. Funny how things go around. I'll be seeing him next week when I go down for a week with the Roosters. I have a role there in uh, nutrition and lifestyle and whatever else I can be of service with. Uh, But, yeah, Anthony came along to that event and now works with the Dragons. He's been tagging along there with uh, Mr. Head. It's his first name. (laughs) And the live, you know, uh, mind blanks are really, yeah, it's not there. It'll come as soon as you get off. There's a a certain amount of pressure and there's a certain amount of intensity that comes with a live microphone running in front of you. That just means that sometimes things aren't. Matthew Head, bang. See, just a bit of waffle. Relax the brain a bit. Matthew Head, he's been taking along with Matthew Head there for a while. I think, uh, yeah, so it's cool. He's doing some good jobs, you know, some good work with – uh, junior rugby league players, and he's worked with lots of swimmers, and he's actually doing ketogenic diet at the moment. And he's gave me a shout out saying, "Hey, this is freaking awesome!" And using keto supplements is even making it better. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, thanks a lot for jumping on, guys, and uh, really appreciate all your support. Just keep getting better. The biggest way you can support what I'm talking about here is just to apply things that that have come along. And if you know someone that it's going to help, then. Reach out to them. Don't be afraid to to help somebody and to, to offer them an alternative opinion at the very least. I've had to get an alternative opinion on pretty much everything to get to my current opinion on things. Okay, so um, Yeah, that's pretty much where it's at. Keegan Smith, Keegan Smith Experience. I will talk to you very soon. Bye bye. Man, that guy can talk. But he does it because he loves it. If you loved it, share it. Give us some feedback. What was great? What didn't you like? What was your biggest take-home message? Make sure you stay in touch with us on Instagram and share your wins, people. This win is only gonna come if we do it together. We have to take ourselves further. By taking ourselves further, we give permission for everybody around us to make positive changes in their lives and to become the people who they wanna become. Everybody's changing the world. You are changing the world. Let's do this together. Let's see how far we can take it. Imagine, imagine if we all put our full heart into becoming the best versions of ourselves every single day.